Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. I'm sure that some of you were already worried about whether you have not heard the stream, and you may have even already texted Monica saying, we can't hear you. But now, well, one minute is one minute. This is a divine appointment. Um, yeah, we should, I, it was my fault. I was waxing, I don't want to say eloquent, I was waxing something. And uh, I said, oh, it's time to start. So it's good to uh, be able to reach out to you in this uh, pre-Christmas part of December. Just uh, for your own info, uh, we will have a we'll have a broadcast next week, but the next two we won't be having a broadcast because I know, I know Monica is just pining to come up here on Christmas morning to do a broadcast, and the same for uh, is Christmas on Monday? Yes, it is. Same with New Year's Day. I don't know. That could be fun, but I'm not committing. No, you're <laughs> hey. If you're wanting to come up here, no, I can't. Come on, <laughs> come no on! I know your family would love that. I have too many people that are dependent on Mrs. Claus over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. If that offends anyone, that I just reference Claus, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting because um, now having children that are. In the childbearing, none of them are bearing children, so don't get hear me wrong. Testing one. But years two, in the in the child rearing stages of their life, the discussion about do you tell kids about Santa Claus? Do you is it lying to them if you don't tell them the truth? You know all that kind of discussion we've actually had in our house. And to me, I just I, I say to both my kids, were you scarred by the fact that we actually? pretended that there was a Santa Claus, which neither one of them have been, so. Well, and I wasn't. I wasn't either. I loved it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, some people, you're right, they just go. They think you're lying to your kids. Yeah, you're, you're going you're almost demonic. But that's not the topic of our broadcast no. today. No, but, um. We'll what is the this, topic of our broadcast? We'll say the spirit of Christmas, which we know what that is, which is completely counter to what the world says. And that would just be the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and <laughs> all the beautiful things that he's been revealing to us over this season. You know, last night I went to uh, the Lutheran Church for the kids' Christmas thing, which was more like a service. It wasn't a Christmas production, which is okay but um where i'm sitting there in this church it's a nice church and the same guy who did the stained glass windows here did them at that church um i think ours are prettier but um the lutheran designer uh-huh okay so they're there and they've got this lutheran program you know and it, one thing i appreciated was the kids were all quoting scripture and they were, you know, they were talking about the scripture throughout. But they did this Spanish Apunye song, which I thought, what is this? And then they did uh, one of the one of the songs we did. 
was it Hark the Herald Angels? We did a verse in German, which is true Lutheran fashion, and these kids are up there singing German, and I thought, Achtung! But then they had these prayer times where the pastor would say some scripted prayer, and then the people would say, let it be unto us. Oh, that's how they did at St. John's. And I'm thinking, yeah. now to me, that's really weird. But I'm doing it because I know they're just weird that way. Mm-hmm. But when people come here and we're praying in the spirit and we're praying extemporaneously, uh, those kinds of people get really irritated and think we're weird. Mm-hmm. And then they leave. They bolt out. But I, 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 thought, I thought the whole thing was fascinating because the pastor's this hillbilly kind of a guy he got an accent hark hark the herald angels and he'd say i think yeah <laughs> but i'm watching my twins up there and you know they're playing the game you know they're 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 doing what they're supposed to do and i'm thinking oh man oh man how many strange streams there are in christendom let it be so It'd be like, uh, live long and prosper. (laughs) So let it be written, so let it be done. (sighs) But I was was very grateful. And then, you know, yesterday morning was one of those strange times where I've really been asking the Father for help when His presence moves in. Because I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to do in that. You know, the, the, the best thing we could do is to do what we used to do and have everybody just get on the floor. But then that kind of ends the service. And I know that the Father, if, that's, if it just happens because we have no other choice, that's great. But we've got to be able to figure out what to do when he comes in in that way. Like my legs felt like, my legs, just my legs felt like dead weights. Like I was just, like they were being magnetized with a 9,000 pound magnet to the floor. And then I was having difficulty breathing, which I think you could recognize that was happening. And I'm grateful because I know it's the Lord and I know what I was saying from Hebrews 1.14. I know that that is an enhanced facet of what we're supposed to be laying claim to, which in, in itself, you know, ministering spirits. When we say that from the perspective of Sha'al Aiteo, when we say that from the perspective of an heir, when we say that in partnership with the Father on behalf of his apostolic purpose, which is right there in the middle of those two things, the sent forth is apostello. That means one thing, but it's not for everybody. It is for everybody, but it's not for everybody. Because if you're not engaged in an apostolic calling from God, and if you're not, you know, engaged in a measure of really representing God as an heir and in supplication, then really what are you commanding angels to do get you a parking spot you know and so 
I um, I don't know. Uh, I'm asking really in, sincerely before the Father. We've had so many encounters with his presence, and it's wonderful. But if it's just, if it's like what happened yesterday, <clears throat> I need to know, Father, why are you doing this? We want you. We welcome you. We, we acknowledge the wonder of your presence. But why have you chosen, other than to respond to us saying, come, which we're grateful for? When you come into the place like this, how do you expect there to be uh, the leading of the congregation? What do you want? And that's what I'm asking for. That's so interesting because, I mean, that, that is the question. Because we are, all of us are called to come to the house and to praise and to welcome his presence and it 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 is to experience his presence and it's to engage with him but it's just not for us to feel good and have goosebumps and and it's 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 for that very thing okay lord you've come what is it you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. in this setting and how do we partner with you in it and and it's to me it's just like a deeper measure of what he's been teaching us over the course of the years and I have to just address um, because I had a really interesting encounter just laying up on the platform during pre-service the early morning prayer time where he opened something up to me and I sensed it in my spirit and in my breastplate and I don't know what to make of it it was something I I can honestly say and I know you don't like to hear this (laughs) quote I've never sensed this in the realm before I mean it was like and I don't know what to make of it but what I want to say about what you said was, I know, just for instance, in Brazil, because we experience the presence of the Lord, for me, and in a way that I, 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 I know there's been touch points and familiar, familiarity, no, I'm not going to use that word. There's mm-hmm. been similar visitations here in this house over yeah. the course of the years for what we experience in Brazil. But in Brazil, it was a new thing. And I can just speak from from my perspective up on the platform. When that moment, you know, when I when I was so engaged in in that fire and in His presence, I can't tell you I knew what to do. And for me, I know the Lord is training me. He's training me for you to actually in, empower me and trust me to get up on that platform and lead that people for two hours in a setting like that. To me, that's very humbling. It's very humbling, and I don't take that lightly, and I, I I feel very humbled by the fact that you trust me, or that the Lord would trust me, and that you would allow that me that, I don't want to say privilege, because I, I don't even know how to express it, but the point is, is that there, you had a whole brass band, you had, I mean, literally, the spirit, when the, when the waves of the spirit were moving, you wouldn't even expect it, but all of a sudden somebody would like come out with some guitar rift or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Somebody would start singing or <coughs> behind you or there was there was an accompaniment of the the ministries the ministers in that church that just came alongside. Yeah. And whether or not that was 
the right thing? I don't know. That's not for me to judge. I'm just saying it accompanied what God was doing, and then we were able to step back and glean a bit and then interpret and explain. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a progression of that, like an ebb and flow of that, every place that we went. Yeah. We, you don't really have that here no. at this point. And, and I wonder about that, too, because, like, you know David on the hillside didn't have that. You know Elijah didn't have that. You know Samuel didn't have that. It was like that Bethlehem didn't have that. Think about Isaiah, though, in the temple. By himself. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a preparation for being able to go out and to lead people into something. It's almost like, it's like a price you pay individually. And I, I, I'm just. Yeah, totally. And you, it's, I mean, when I say humbling, it truly is like, I mean, literally like becoming like dust. It, it, it is like, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you're here and you know what to do. And I need you to guide me through this. Because there may not just be 25 people here. There may be 500 people. You know what I mean? And so it's that training. It's that, it's, and I know that's where he has us, whether it's here or whether it's when we go out. And it's very, pro, it's profound. Yeah. It, it's easier, it's easier to, like you said, with that, with the various music musical groups that were up there. It's easier to facilitate a sign or some visitation when you've got that. And those people don't know us, so we're a novelty. And they, they already have an anticipation that there's a belief. It's, it's that old prophet without honor except in his own yeah. in his own place and it's, it's like a humbling thing to get it here and, and not to say that people don't aren't supportive and aren't loving but it's it's just I, I, I don't know I felt and I'll just speak about being well it was this way with Rafa but I, I'll just speak about being at Marada that first weekend. I mean, there there were several moments when it's like I knew you need to pass this to Vanessa. And 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 she would take it and she would sing a prophetic song, then she would hand it back to me. All right. Or there was one time when I looked at um Cello. He was down down there where you were and he came up, he took it it was part of the time we were wanting him to sing prophetically. Right. But then he would hand it back off. And I I know my instinct is to look for you. I mean, I, and I know you know that. And so I know the empowering and the, the I know I have to hold my place. I, I, I know that you didn't take me there for me to be dependent on you, even though there is a measure of apostolic dependence as a prophet. But it's not even dependence. It's partnership. It's how how do we navigate through this and accomplish everything that God wants to accomplish yeah. without me just um, forfeiting or uh, what is the word where I would just um, 
is the word I'm trying to use. Default to you as the leader, as my leader, and as my leader for 30 years. It's like I, I've had to learn my place and to know when that's appropriate and when that's not appropriate. Because you're carrying your own load. Well, the challenge, the challenge for me is that like what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians where he said, you, first of all, you have to know who you're laboring among. And secondly, you have to recognize that they, they're getting something too. And if you don't have something... You don't need to be creating anything. No, no, no. And, but see, like, I, I got to be careful how I say this. Other people that you've not worked with and you don't know what their real agenda is, man, they chomp at the bit to get the mic and, and to do some wacky thing. And you, it may be used of God. And if you're there ministering, and if you're in charge of the thing, you do have a responsibility to judge that. Um, and you just hope that you can get back to the stream that God has sent you there to facilitate. Um, it does happen. Yeah. It does happen here. Oh, yeah. And it, <laughs> it, it's, it's somewhat surprising. And it's not necessarily because there's not <coughs> a sincerity in the person it's because they basically weren't paying attention or were not in the flow. Oh, that's true. I remember. And I could give some illustrations of that. There. I'm not. But, I mean, that recently happened at one of our seminars. And I, I just. That, I just that was a sign. Oh, my God. That, that How was, can I get this back? That was a sign, though. Anyway, it's. it's but then I'll have to tell something funny because then we were at, at Pastor Rafa's church the last weekend. And they have a dynamic worship team. I mean, it's. And from the first time we went into that church, that was the one thing that really gripped me was they had the words in English, which I really appreciate, because half the time we have no idea what they're saying. And they were singing about the throne. Mm -hmm. And we don't see that very often. And it was just every single song was they were, pr they were singing, and, and it was like intercession about the throne. And that really was a trigger point for me with that church. Yeah. Anyway, um, so... This was, I think, Saturday afternoon, and they'd given us this marathon session and given us some parameters, and then we developed it, and we were doing prophetic stuff, and then we get there, and then they give us some different parameters, and so we're trying to augment what the Lord had given us mm -hmm. to do, because you never want to forfeit the message God's given you, and we will never do that, but you want to honor what the pastor feels that needs to be accomplished. So we're navigating through all of this, and... Pastor, you were so great and so supportive. But so I'm up there and I'm teaching about 15 different topics, honestly, and trying to do activations in the midst of it. And um, literally, I would get to a segue point and the worship team would start playing and singing, like really loud behind me. And I'm up there trying to teach. <laughs> I'm thinking, can these people even hear what I'm saying? Because that was what, odd. What they do. <laughs> They're so excited. It's like it, you could feel the excitement. You could feel the momentum. And they were trying to engage and put oh. in. But I'm like, I'm not finished, guys. We're not done with this. We're not done talking about this from yeah. Scripture. So it was fun. I mean, that, it's like every point of that was just, it was fun. It was, it, it was fun. And it was fun 
just navigating through it with the Lord and with the team, our team, which was wonderful. And, you know, Pastor, you and I have worked together for a long time, and we've been to so many places and stepped into so many different atmospheres and so many different settings that I, I just publicly thank you for, um, uh, I don't know, just empowering me to be able to minister, but also being there. <laughs> well, and I hope that I've been support in the way that you've needed it because that's always a thousand percent my heart is you know you go on these trips and you're part of a team and you know there's been often times when the team has been us and then our team is peripheral of the resident indigenous people yeah. yeah but we know going in okay apostle prophet sent out by two by two what are we going to bring and how are we going to bring them in and use them but um, you never want to be a burden you always want to bring um, carry your weight do the the the, the mino thing the yeah. axios thing you want to carry your weight and it was really interesting this last trip because I truth be told I wasn't feeling well but the Lord was with me, and I overcame, and it was great. It was wonderful, but I, I was determined I was not going to be a burden. You know, I, I could cough through the whole thing, but I'm fine. I am absolutely fine. So. Well, you know, I, I, I look back over the past few years of what God's been revealing and what He's been kind of girding us up to accomplish, and the whole issue of His presence, and that course of walking over the year year and a half um, we could see the fruit of that when on this last trip and what's coming and so to come back and to process what the father was doing and the the uh, the enhanced uh, releases from heaven which were signs that we functioned were privileged to be able to witness see and experience but then guide them through the meaning of it that is different that that was very different for us what's wrong we're not on but we are recording so we can keep going it says we're streaming okay well i've heard from four people and nobody's hearing it is recording so we'll keep talking while I write okay well I, I, okay. I was reading my text when you were talking well I'm sorry <laughs> no, it's, it, that, that's on me so we do apologize if, if you're listening to this recording after the fact that this was not broadcast live we had no idea I just heard from about four different people thank you so much for letting us know I should have checked my phone about 25 minutes ago but we have been having some spiritual discussion that's actually been rather fruitful I think but we have no idea why it's not it's not um, streaming yeah God is good he's good good um um I'm just looking and everything is working on my end 
I am in front of the screen. That's why it's on my end. Uh, all the audio's pegging. And that's a, it looks like the stream has not started. Now, looky here. Stop streaming? Yeah, I see that. No. I see that. Well, I just wrote to Uncle Scott. Um, I'm so sorry. Well, let's just keep doing the broadcast. Um, the issue, the issue right now is, is that the Lord, um, the Lord is, um, taking us into some new demonstrations of his, uh, his presence. And that's an uncharted territory because, you know, we have the example of the dedication of the temple when God's presence came and no one was able to stand to minister. Um, how do you function in the presence of God um, when he's do when he is entering the place and doing some new thing by his presence and it's not a matter of faith it's not a matter of um you using your gifting it's not a matter of the people uh, experiencing a visitation it's God in his ways <clears throat> coming and um, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm uh, really asking God for it's uh, it's an unusual place to be in and uh, I'm not really sure I'm always asking God in all sincerity to help me to know what to do in it. Because it's, to me, first of all, I have to restate, we ask the Father for his presence. And when God comes, in the midst of a service, now if we're in a prayer time, that's wonderful. We don't, we don't have to be you know, during the prayer time, what do you want me to do, Father? How, you just experience him and you interact. But when you're up in front of people and they're there and you've got to conduct business for the kingdom where you're leading people. Like I said, in the old days, I just say, you know, the presence of the Lord is here. Let's all just respond. Well, I know what happened then. A lot of people did. A lot of people just got up and skedaddled. And that's not what, as leaders, we're here to do. Now, if nobody has a choice, then, then the choice is made for us. But I just, I want to be able to partner with the Heavenly Father. He comes into the place, you know, Isaiah was there, and... Um, God's train fills the temple. The seraphs are there. You know, you've got the 
the tongs and you've got all that the tongs? going on. You know, tongs from the altar. Is that really what they used? Well, the angel had to go get used the tongs to bring that. Is there a word for that, tongs? I think that's what it says. In the... Why have I never seen that? I, I just assumed he just picked it up. But I guess that would, I don't know. I guess that would make sense. How funny. Um, what is that word? Let's look. from the altar. Yep. Does it say tongs? Well, I'm, I'm looking. I thought she just said that. <laughs> and flew one of the seraphs having a live coal in his hand. Yeah, I thought it was in his hand. Which he had taken with the tongs from okay. off the altar. there you go. So why did he, why did he use the tongs? When he could hold it in his hand. To put it in his hand. When he's fire anyway. Yeah. Unless God honors the structure. What's the word for tongs? Melka, tweezers, snuffers, tongs. That is really so. Was there? We're on now. You can tell your constituency. Oh, we are. We're on. Thank you, Mr. Scott. Okay. Let's see. A masculine dual noun meaning tongs, snuffers, an instrument to put out the flames of lamps and lamp wicks. Usually, there was a pair of snuffers. These tongs were used to remove coals from the altar as well. Isaiah six six. So I guess that would indicate that the angel respected what God put in place, but then when it when it came into their hand, then they did it as they did it. So that is kind of weird that he'd use tongs to get the coal and then put it in his hand. Yeah, and just to, just to backtrack a little bit, we've been talking about what how to respond when the presence of the Lord comes into the comes into the comes in. Pastor was talking about yesterday morning. You want to repeat that just for a minute? Just, just, just oh, just, just that the, you know, we ask the Lord, the Father for his presence, which is his face. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to sense that type of an encounter. It's a precious honor. But when you're in your personal prayer time, and that happens, well, that's a no-brainer. You just interact with the Father. But when you are in a meeting and you're responsible for that meeting and you've got people out there and God's presence comes, you can either punt and say, oh, folks, God's presence is here. Let's all just hit the floor, which basically you surrender the meeting and then God can have individual encounters with people, but the meeting is shot. Now, if God does that and nobody has a choice, well, that's what he's chosen to do. But if you're there to minister and God doesn't take that route, then you've got to be able to discern what in the world is happening here. I remember going into France one time at Lebrun's church and the presence of the Lord came on me so strongly that I just stood up there and it was weird. It was almost like, I thought back on that. It was almost like God was presenting what we were supposed to be to that nation in that meeting. And we, during that time, there were things going on in the spirit realm. 
and nobody was LeBrun. Everybody knew that something odd was going on, so they didn't come rushing up there to take over, which would probably happen in 99% of the churches in the United States. But we've got to know when the depth of the presence comes what the Father wants us to do in representing him. Because now, and again, I'm saying that if God comes in and nobody's able to do anything, great, you're in control, Father. But if God comes in and you're in charge of a meeting and you're the one that's feeling it, you've got to know how to partner with the Father in that. And that's what I'm really... Uh, not straining. That's what I'm yearning to know. Because yesterday, I felt him. I felt a weightiness in my legs. I felt increasingly a challenge being able to breathe, which is wonderful. Because you know it's the Lord. It's not some fit that you got to call 911 over. Um, but... Uh, To see things and to interpret and to to be able to, to, to minister on behalf of that is one thing. To recognize things in the spirit from the scripture and to minister that, that's another thing. To have angelic um, directions that you can follow or hear and do, that's another thing. If the spirit speaks something and... He's guiding you and you know the witness of your spirit. You're to do that. That's another thing. And there's a number of other illustrations from the scripture. But when the father comes and you sense him, how and it's real time and you don't have five days to, to fast and pray and get a directive to interpret it. We need to, we need to be girded up by the Father. It's like what I, okay, the tongues passage when Isaiah's there, and um, God's saying, "Who am I going to send?" And Isaiah says, "Here am I, send me." And you know, I'm iniquitous. I don't know what to do. And the coal comes from tongue to hand to lip. And um, forget about the harp and bowl. How about tongue to hand to lip? That That's a good one. I, I guess all I'm saying is we're believing that the Father, who's increasingly coming into places now, will guide us as to how to minister on behalf of his presence. It's interesting here in Second Chronicles where, when it talks about when the fire came and the glory filled the temple and the priests were not able to stand. The children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and they praised the Lord and they said, for he is good. So that's Tob, that's his purpose. His mercy, his said endures forever, which would be that he's speaking. 
mm -hmm. right, in the company of the angels. And then it says the kings and the people offered sacrifices, and King Solomon offered all of his sacrifice. And then it says, so the king and all the people dedicated the house of the Lord. And this word for dedicated is this word hanak, which means to narrow, to initiate, to dis to 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 disciple and to train up. Mm. So it was a moment of learning, of of experiencing and and learning. So the king and the people dedicated the house of the Lord and the priests attended to their services. They Ahmad, right hand, and the Levites with their instruments of music and the Lord and King which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, For his mercy endures forever. Um, and then the trumpets played, Solomon consecrated, and it goes on and on, but it's just interesting all these different works that are used to describe what actually happened during that setting. Mm. Maybe we can learn. Anyway, it's very powerful. That is interesting. Of course, I do not see you coming and doing 22,000, sacrificing 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. Hey. <laughs> Which is what Solomon did. Yeah. But the king and all the people dedicated the house of God, of, y of Elohim. And the priests attended to their services, and the Levites did as well. So... You know, I, I yesterday um, morning I was deliberating between this verse in Hebrews one fourteen that really is an operative verse for us for where we are right now, and there's an empowerment in it, um, and I and I think we need to respect it. And begin to do it, knowing that God has empowered this verse for us for this season. But I was also looking, though, at the, the Isaiah word to Ahaz about Emmanuel. And for whatever reason, God highlighted to me that verse that's right before that, that says, if it's, it's about if you do not believe you will not be established mm -hmm. and it's right there and as i was praying about it you know i recognized that that was a double issuance of amon and basically what he was saying is if you don't for want of a better term buy into the concept of the right hand and if you don't commit yourself to it and if you don't begin to function in it the power of that is not going to be manifested for you. It's a double issuance of a mom, but it was conditional. Didn't we speak about that on one of the broadcasts? I think I think I did. Yeah. But but then I I'd never really seen it in light of then him dealing with Ahaz and ask a Sha'al a sign. Because that Sha'al, of course we know is that intimate measure of kingly prayer it's to me to uh, i think we pretty much established it's a it's akin to itail in the new testament uh and supplication those those three we should do a band of sha'al itail and supplication and start grouping these things so that people can have pods of understanding but but the aman 
that's what goes on at the right hand. It's the it's the sha'al. It's the um, it's the embracing of kingly authority and that placement. It's it's the the yearning for supplication, partnership, and it's asking, and the iteo asking of things that links back. Then this is what threw me over into this ministering spirits. I'm still trying to link. I mentioned it, but I didn't do a very good job of it. How that that the he makes his verse seven of that chapter, he makes his angels, spirits and his ministers, as flames of fire, and those are his eyes, in Revelation. So we're really functioning with him, in his ways as the flame of judgment and burning. So that's then what you, you're asking these angels, these ministering liturgicos, where it's nothing other than the, the privilege of functioning for the Father, but there's nothing in it for you. It's, it's, you're totally dead to self. You're doing this in the, in the essence of benevolence to serve the Father. And that's what these angels do. That's what they're looking for you to do. And then the specifics of that liturgos, the, the factors that the Spirit identifies that you need to accomplish that apostolic mission become clear, and the Spirit highlights that. And then you, you're offering supplication on behalf of this. You're communing with God in the Sha'al there. Where the other measure of shal is not just intimacy, it's that you've bared yourself down to nothing. You're just barely covered, and there's nothing in it for you other than the privilege of meeting with him. And then you, Iteo, whatever you ask the Father in my name, you're asking for those specific things that the Spirit identifies, and you're releasing the angelic to go and to do that. Those factors have to be in place or you're not really functioning as an heir and you have no business of having the, I almost said a bad word, you, to, to having the boldness to command an angel to do anything because they're there for that purpose. They're there to serve you in your role as an heir. And, and in your role of functioning apostolically, which is right there, and specifically to address things. You know, see, that's one of the things. Jesus says, you're, in that day, you're not going to ask me anything, but, it, it, but whatever you I tell the Father, he'll do it. Well, what do you ask? You know, is it just a carte blanche? Well, bless God, God says whatever you ask, he'll give it to you. So what is it that you want? What do you want? Well, I want this. I want to serve the Father as his heir. And I want to allow these angels that have been set to move in the wind of the Spirit, to the diokineo, to be caught up in the wind, to facilitate that thing. That's what I want. And so if you don't commit yourself to that 
Amon, then the Amon is not going to work for you. And, you know, we can talk about Amon all day long, show all the scriptures. But if people are just looking for it as a point of power and they're not committed to the process, it's not going to establish. And then it goes right into Isaiah meets with Ahaz, Sha'al, something either in the height or the depth. I was spent about an hour looking at height and depth trying to figure out a a more profound measure of understanding of what all that entails. But then Ahaz says, forget it, I'm not doing that. And then Isaiah talks about God's going to send his son, Elohim, with you through a virgin, and they're going to do it. Which is the Amman. It's the right hand. It begins with the right hand, and after that son comes through a virgin, he ends up at the right hand as the slain lamb. That's a wonderful thing. But we have that privilege of doing that trifecta, as it were, that triumvirate of being in that Sha'al linen and being um, that one that is offering supplication as we partner with God in grace. And to Iteo then, specifics of the Father that these angels will then facilitate. And that's where we are and that's what we need. And, but, but the kicker is to be able to discern what, what exactly, it's not your emotion, it's not your mind, it's not your assessment, it's what God highlights what needs to be done to be able to accomplish this thing? Oh, yes, this is just not going away. I know this is you. So, Father, I thank you for that privilege. I thank you for this empowerment, but it's for your work. It's your kingdom come. Your will be done. So I declare, maybe even decree, I iteo this. I ask you for it, and I release these angels who have been sent to minister this, to go and do this. That's it's a wonderful. Uh, it's a wonderful collection of principles, but it all functions there. If you don't commit to that, don't expect for this power to work for you. That's a big verse. That's a conditional double issuance of Amon, and it's right there, right before ask ye a sign. And, you know, we can talk about Sha'al prayer. We can talk about all these things. Oh, yes, we want that. Oh, we want that. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. You know, but if you if you recognize this Imam, but you don't commit to it, it's not going to establish in your life. I pray that we'll be established in this. But that's where we are. And so I'm sense when the Father moves in like he's been doing. We had a, a, an easier time in Brazil because those people had fasted for 40 days waiting. And we saw things that were amazing. And God really did lead us with signs. And it, it, you'd have to have been not paying attention to have missed the sign and not stepped into it. So it was... It was, you had to step out in faith, 
but God did honor that and he did some great things. But here we are being trained. What do you do when you feel the weightiness of the glory on your legs? Why does the Father come in that way? Is he here to impress you? No. If we're not impressed by him by now, we need to quit and go home. What does that mean operatively? That's what a leader moving in his presence needs to know. And, and I'm asking the Father for that directive because, again, the simple, the simple is everybody drop right now. We're just going to honor him. Of course we are. But we're here to do something for him. And he came for us to function as pneumaticos people. So what does that mean? How does that, how does that relate, and maybe it doesn't, but to when Jesus was, before he ascended, when he was talking to his disciples, and he told them to go and wait for the promise of the Father, and that they would be endued with power when the Holy Spirit came. Endued with function. Yeah, and that's like, I, I studied that when I was writing the garment book. <laughs> <laughs> when you were? Yes, when I wrote the first half of it. <laughs> no, but I remember that. I, I think I have a whole chapter on that. Um. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, I can't laugh any. It's I'm, like I'm in the same on. boat. It's yeah. It's like it's. It literally is like clothing you with his dunamis. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's different than the weightiness, but it's power. Well, you know, if I remember right from our one hundred and one thoughts. The enduing was like an anointing with oil, right? Well, that enduing is a is it's a, a different thing. Duo. It's a, it's in Luke. Excuse us while we <laughs> excuse me while I whip while this we, out. <laughs> okay, until you be endued with power from on high, in duo. Luke twenty four is that where you are? Mm-hmm. And that means to sink. Well, that's interesting. To sink, right. To go in or under, to put on, to enter. Oh, yeah. Metaphorically used of the soul being clothed with the body. That's weird. To sink into clothing. Almost like being poured into it. Yeah. I'll have to get the book out. And see what, <laughs> yeah, I see what I wrote. Somebody says you wrote about this, and then well, I, I'm like three fourths of the way through a book. The twenty thousand pages that have been written. <laughs> Tell me more than that, because I am not. Um. Well, where is um. From on high. Yeah. Yeah. Or even when Jesus, with a thatch roof, they're lowering the dude down through the roof, and the power of God was present to heal. That's yeah, that, that's actually, it's so funny that you say that, because I, I was doing a study. I was 
I was going to offer to do Sunday school last week when when you took the Sunday school class, and I was do, I was doing a study on. Obviously, I never offered on the on on when Jesus. What happened when Jesus taught? You know, all the things when you when you look in in the Gospels when he taught the multitude of different things that happened in that setting when he was teaching. It's so fascinating. Mm. But that to me has always been so powerful is the reality that he's in there teaching and the power to heal was there in the midst of that. But you know, you know the weird thing is is that, that the Bible does not indicate that he healed anybody until that dude was lowered down through the roof. So it was like a sign that he just followed. Because yeah. he was teaching about the forgiveness of sins and he's got those scribes and doctors of the law and he wasn't there for a healing crusade. Yeah. So discerning the presence is really an important thing. Now again, okay. I think those nine grace gifts that are listed, you know, faith, prophecy, just diversities, those wonderful things. I think we've been functioning in, in the gift of interpretation in a lot of different ways to be able to discern and in, and in grace be able to assess what does this mean, what do you do. That's more than just book learning. So that's a that's a grace gift, but even the discerning of spirits. You know, the standard is: is it a human spirit? Is it a demonic spirit? Or is it the spirit of the Lord? Well, that's kind of a canned answer. That's like the bazooka bubblegum wrapper answer. But I'm wondering if, if since it's a grace thing, it's a grace empowerment if to be able to discern what the Spirit of God is doing is not more what that grace gift means, to discern what types of angels are there, to discern what's going on in the human spirits that you can perceive, which you can perceive. And I've kind of shut that down because, as far as public ministry, because Telling somebody something's going on in them doesn't do much good at all. It's more like a sideshow act. Let me read your palm. And I'm not interested in that. I don't want people lined up wanting me to tell them what I see on them or in them. But if you can sense the spirit being activated, the crypto within them, in the midst of God's spirit, whichever way he's coming, in the midst of whatever his ways are doing, in the midst of whatever types of angels are there, and you can discern that, that's all of that is grace but to be able to discern why the father is coming in in the way he is the sensation that's happening in your body as a response to be able to discern that is something he wants to give us we have to have that So I choose to Amon. Amen. Me too. And to participate in that for the Father with Jesus. And you know, I thought that was interesting because that last word about the Dio Caneo is 
what the Bible says, how Jesus ministers. You know, there's a diaresis of administration, but the same Lord. That's amazing that this is how Jesus moves in the door, how Jesus moves with us. And it's the entencano, that, that prayer, that suddenly prayer that Christ prays for us. There's so much of a suddenly with Jesus. Um, he's doing anything but sitting in a heavenly lazy boy waiting for God to say, bring my children home. You know? But even that, that the Spirit is moving in grace, Jesus is moving in this diokineo, and the Father is moving in energy. So when the Father comes in, there's an there's an energy. Maybe that's our answer. Maybe discerning the energy of the Father. I don't know. What do you think about that? <laughs> Nothing. I um I don't know. These are interesting times. And we're we're three minutes away from supposedly ending this broadcast, even though you know what we could do? We could stop the recording at an hour, which is three minutes from now, and we can talk a little bit more online to to since the people have only heard thirty minutes today. What do you think? Should we do that or should we just end it? Do you have anything more you want to say? talk about the Lord um, I don't know if people I know people were messing with it for the first 30 minutes <laughs> trying to get it to, so if they took that Radio off, Tokyo off yeah I guess we're, we should be done but we're not done yet I'm not done yet I'm not done yet um, so the first Saturday words are up Please avail yourself of those. This was a really powerful accumulation of words this month. And um, really was encouraging to see the, the depth of where the saints have been brought in the Father. And um, this... Uh, Um, I just thought of something. Yesterday, Megan did this little science project. Mm -hmm. And what she did, with her dad's help, was to have four different types of liquid. Probably they should have warned diabetics about this before they did it, but they didn't do it. And each one of them had a different color, like purple, orange like lemonade but they were all the same stuff it was all like sugar water but they were asked when people would drink out of a cup to write down like on number one what the flavor was and I guess the the essence of it was even though these are all the same thing people are going to look at that color and they're going to try to taste something that's really not there based upon what they see sure. so I was just thinking about that we 
we don't want to be moved by what we see. We want to be moved by the essence of what's really there. And, you know, people have experiences so many times in church based upon what they conjure up in their head when we should be functioning on the essence of faith of what's really there. Because if you go, we walk by faith, not by sight. If you're basing what you're doing just based upon what it appears in the natural, not much is going to happen. So That's interesting. This morning I was reading the account of the men on the road to Emmaus, which has always, to me, just been really a fascinating story. After he, is, after he rose and he's walking and he encounters these gentlemen and, and they're having this discussion, they don't know who he is. And and then he goes with them and breaks bread with them and their eyes were open and they saw and they understood the scripture. <coughs> but the thing that was that that struck me was it t- speaks about the countenance of Jesus. And and when I looked at that word, it I mean it, it translates as being able to see, like which which kind of baffled me because the the understanding of that is not what I ever looked at it as. I just always assumed his countenance was, but it's actually us able to to see and discern what's there. So I wonder if that is related to what you're talking about. Yeah, because there has to be a difference between discerning and seeing. Because if we walk by faith and not by sight, then not all seeing is of God. Seeing can be deception. Mm-hmm. And we we need we need discernment. So I think that's a great passage because they They're they obviously Yeah, they obviously mm-hmm. saw him, but that didn't do anything, which has always amazed me. No, but once they did. Yeah. Then what this can't be Jesus because he's dead. We just yeah. saw him. Rolled the stone over him. He can't be mm-hmm. him. That's just uh, to me. That's such a powerful story. Because then their understanding was open, and they, yeah, their eyes were open. Their spiritual eyes were open. My mother used to listen to this radio program, and this guy would come on and teach. He was well known, but his song was, "Did not our hearts burn within us?" When he walked with us by the way, some old hymn. And this is the way it would begin. And I think, oh, I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I've been feeling that. I mean, I, my heart has been burning like oh, crazy. I have, to say, I have to say something funny. I guess I could say this on my quick. Say it. Tell it, Luther. So, Olivia. Tell it, Luther's granddaughter. Olivia's getting married this weekend, and she, she and Alzavian, her groom, were at their, their house that they're leasing yesterday, trying to get him moved in. And <laughs> he's milling around. He's praying in the spirit, and something happens where he's like, "Oh my gosh, I need. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray." Well, about that time, it got comical when Olivia started videoing him because he's kind of a, he's funny. He's just a funny guy. So he had the speaker that was synced with um, his phone. They were listening to music. And he says to Siri, Siri, pray in tongues. 
and she prayed in tongues. I, I have it on video. Lydia sent me the video. She literally prays in tongues. And I just, it was so funny. I just thought, if anybody can get Siri to pray in tongues, it's him. <laughs> wow. Is that hilarious? Wow. So you all are all going to tell your Siri to pray in tongues, but whether or not it works or not for you, I don't know, but I, I have it in living color. On so you're telling me that it's part of our Saints Network group, we need to have an AI <laughs> intercessory group. I don't know, but I, I was shocked. I'm, she wasn't playing and praying in diverse languages, but she was praying in, in unknown tongues for sure. Was she ba ba ba? No. No ba ba ba? No. no, in fact, he, he she, she made some phrase, and he said, oh my gosh, I haven't heard that phrase in forever. So it was probably like an old-timey tongue, but yeah, yeah, it was just funny. I was, yeah. And they ain't even old-timey. <laughs> No, bye, bye, bye. There was no buying Toyotas either, or Hondas. Them <laughs> boys ain't right, and they ain't even old timey. All right. Well, hey, there's an extra six minutes for you. We're so sorry by the kerfluffle at the beginning <laughs> of our broadcast, the snafu, as it were. Is that a word? Yeah, it is a Kurt. Don't trust. Now, don't don't do. Now, don't do a Miss Joy on me now, Monica. That's a word. Um, look up kerfluffle. Well, you know, we always talked about doing a, a Nemotikos dictionary that was all the words that Pastor made up <laughs> with the definition of because they all, how do you spell it? K-E-R-F-L-U, no, F-F-L-U-F-F, -F. did a word not pull up yet? Kerfluffle. Yeah, what's it mean? You, do you do you use this with your grandgirls? Informal, commotion, a commotion, fu a fuss. See, commotion. there it is. That's what we had at yes. the beginning. Well, it was commotion. Scottish is from the co Scottish. Arr! Kerfuffle. Fuffle <laughs> is to disorder or confuse. See, that's where it was. Car is a term. We had a kerfluffle, but we weren't flummoxed. To put in disorder or disarrange. So to ruffle or disarrange. Okay, well that that's Sorry. that that's the end of your uh, your extra time. Sorry about that. We'll try to do better next week. So, till then, God bless, and adios amigos.